Hello, everybody. Welcome to episode one of Am I Being Trolled? Um, you'll have to bear with me. This is the first podcast I'm going to be doing all by myself. Uh, my name is Producer Dave. I feel like trolling is a bit misunderstood, and so I thought I would make a podcast about it so that I could maybe show normal people, whatever that means, what trolling is or help normal people understand online trolling and how it, I don't know, how it works in with the war of bad ideas as we've been calling it. So this first episode is going to be really simple. It's going to be pretty short. It's just going to be a quick glossary of terms so that when we move forward, when I'm talking about things, I don't have to stop and keep defining terms the whole way through. Um, of course, sometimes during episodes, new terms may come up and I may need to define them. But for now, this will be like a really kind of a base level glossary of terms. Um, thanks for listening. Okay, first we're going to talk about Facebook. A lot of trolling does in fact happen on Facebook. I'm sure maybe you've been trolled on Facebook or maybe you've trolled someone on Facebook. The first thing we're going to talk about is a Facebook profile. And we're going to talk about the differences between a profile, a page group and an event. Uh, the profile is really simple. It's the one that you log into. It's your name ostensibly. Of course, some people use fake names. Uh, these people could either be trolls or maybe drag queens. There was a big dust up about trolls and drag queens a few years back, and I may actually get into that on one of the episodes here, but it's just your name. Like mine has my full name on it. It's just my real profile. All my actual friends are friends with it, and even some of my family members are. With your Facebook profile, you can do the most things. You can comment on other people's Facebook posts if they're public, even if they're not your friend. Uh, people who are your friend, you can comment on their posts unless they've turned commenting off for some reason. You can join groups and you can interact with Facebook pages. This is basically your login. This is how Facebook sees you on their network. A Facebook page is a public facing page for an organization or a group. Uh, the page has some limitations. Uh, for example, you can comment on what other pages are saying or posting, but you can't go in with a Facebook page and comment on what an individual or a Facebook profile is saying. For example, we have a Facebook page for Echoplex Media. And if we wanted to go mess with Madison Star Moon, assuming she didn't have us blocked, we could go comment on her Madison Star Moon Facebook page. However, she has a page with her full name on it, which I'm not going to say on this show. It's kind of rude. Um, we can't comment on that. 
if she didn't have us all blocked, our personal profiles could comment on it, but the page cannot. Uh, for a long time, the pages could not interact with Facebook groups, but now a Facebook page can interact with a Facebook group, but only if one of the admins of the page is also an admin of the Facebook group. More on groups in a second. Facebook pages are things for like Coca-Cola or Snickers or the Family Research Council. You know, these are generally organizations and people who want to spread the word about something. Um, when you go to a Facebook page, you don't make friends with it. You like it. And when you like it, that means you see their posts in your feed, but the page doesn't see your posts in their feed. You're not friends. You just like the thing. It's like if you like a brand or if you, for some reason, like our podcast network. Next, we're going to talk about groups. There are three kinds of Facebook groups, really. There's a public group, which is exactly what it looks like. You can see all of the members. You can see all of the posts. And you can even like or share the posts, but until you join the group, you can't comment on the posts in a Facebook group. There's a closed group where anyone can see who's a member of the group, but only the members can see the posts. And of course, since only the members can see the posts, only the members can interact by liking or sharing the posts. Okay, and finally, we have the secret group. The secret group is just that. It's a secret. You can't search for it in Facebook. Somebody who's already a member of the group has to invite you and an admin has to approve you. For example, for our podcast network, we do have one secret group. It's where we plan things. We don't necessarily want all of our fans seeing us discuss whether or not to do a live stream from an event, because maybe if we decide not to do the live stream from the event for whatever reason, other secret Facebook groups might exist for trolls who want to plan an operation or trolling so that nobody knows what they're about to do. Also, maybe survivors of domestic violence might want to be in a secret group because they don't want people seeing them at all. They don't want their abuser seeing what they're talking about. They don't want their abuser knowing they're even in such a group. Other Facebook groups that are secret may be for uh, the LGBT community in places where the community might be hostile towards gay and trans people. This is for obvious reasons. You know, you just don't want to be outed. And lastly, we have the Facebook event. An event is just that. It's an event. It could be a public event or a private event. A public event, anyone can search for a private event. You have to be invited to via the invite system. Not a lot of trolling actually happens on um, Facebook events, but occasionally some, some fun happens. Like maybe when there's a chemtrails global summit or whatever, the pictures go up and everybody starts trolling them saying, oh, there were four people there. Good for you. But most of the trolling is either done by a person on their Facebook profile Possibly a Facebook page is going around trolling other Facebook pages or people in Facebook groups are trolling each other. A prime example of a group where people are trolling each other on Facebook, and it's a group that anybody can join. The group is called Illumitardi. It's spelled exactly how you'd think it's spelled, but I'll include it in the show notes. There's people in there who believe in conspiracy theories and want to argue with the skeptics or they might call them shills and trolls. There's people in there who don't believe in conspiracy theory, but want to post ridiculous articles just to see how people react. And then there's uh, people like me, maybe in Illumitardi, who are skeptics and might even be called trolls, where we go in there to make fun of what the truthers or even the fake truthers are posting. Um, there's a lot of groups dedicated to trolling, and each group has its own set of rules. And if you're interested in that, you should... I don't know if ask your friends who are trolls or something. Most of the time on Facebook, when people are trolling, they use a profile to do it because the profile has the most access to everything. Pages also troll other pages, but a lot, most of the time it's going to be your profile because you can interact with pages, groups, and events as your profile. Whereas if you have a public facing Facebook page, you can't interact with uh, Facebook profiles. So that's why 
people use their profile to troll. And that's a reason maybe a lot of people will create a fake Facebook profile, otherwise known as an alt, so that they can troll. And if they get put in Facebook jail, which is where they you know restrict your account for three or 30 days or whatever, you can go back to your regular profile and just use Facebook as normal. Another place where trolling happens is Twitter. On Twitter, you have your account. That's just your at handle. Like my Twitter is at Plex underscore Dave. And you also have a display name. Mine is Gay Dave with a bunch of exclamation points. Both are searchable, but your at handle is your identifier on Twitter. This is how people tag you in tweets and reply to tweets if they feel inclined. On Facebook, you have friends, but on Twitter, you have followers. Followers are very different than friends on Facebook. You can follow anyone unless their profile is set to private or if they've blocked you. Most profiles aren't private, so we won't cover private Twitter profiles because it's not that useful to talk about in this context. When you follow someone on Twitter, they show up in your Twitter stream, but unless they choose to follow you back, they don't see what you post unless someone they are following retweets you. Not everyone will follow you back on Twitter. That's just kind of the nature of the beast. I don't follow everyone back who follows me on Twitter. A tweet is just a post. It may include a video, a photo, or just words. It's just you saying something on Twitter, and unless you have a lot of followers, it's kind of like farting into the wind. A retweet is when someone likes what you tweet and have decided to share it with their followers. Basically, what happens is their followers see your tweet showing that they retweeted it. Then their followers might be inclined to follow you. Another reason someone might retweet you is because you've just said something absurd, stupid, or totally assholey, and they want to point it out to their followers, possibly so their followers control you. The retweet on Twitter is king. On Twitter, if you like a post, it doesn't do anything. I mean, it shows a number of likes, but it doesn't really do anything. It doesn't boost the signal. Retweeting will boost the signal. And on Twitter, you have lists too. Lists are just like, for example, say I don't want to follow you because you're kind of annoying, (laughs) but I do like what you're posting about, for example, Linux. So I'll put you in a little Linux list. And then when I want to see Linux news, instead of you showing up in my main Twitter feed, you'll show up in my Linux list and I can look through it. And if most of your posts are bullshit, but you have one or two really good posts about Linux and I find some great articles, that's wonderful. And you're not polluting my Twitter feed with whatever other nonsense you're talking about. I don't really use lists, but I end up on a lot of them because people, I post a lot of fucking nonsense, but I also post a lot of interesting stuff about podcasting and Linux audio. So maybe people who are into podcasting or Linux audio don't want to see me making fun of Michael Murphy all the time, but they do want to see my posts about Linux and Linux audio and podcasting. So they'll dump me in a group instead of following me. And that's fine with me. It doesn't bother me. I do wish they would follow me because it's good for my ego. Now on Twitter, people can block you. And that just means they can't that you cannot see their account. You can't reply to their tweets. You can still tag them by using their Twitter handle with the ampersand before it, but they'll never see it. A lot of people think Twitter needs to improve this blocking um, mechanism because if somebody's dogpiling on you, um, if a lot of people are trolling you or fucking with you, then you can't get rid of it because you're tagged in all these posts. Also, if you don't want to give someone the satisfaction of being blocked on Twitter, you can just mute them. That means they're not going to show up in your notifications no matter what they do. So if somebody's annoying, but you know that if you block them, they're going to be satisfied by that. Or maybe they'll make another account to mess with you some more. You just mute them and then you don't see them. Everyone else can still see what they're saying. They can see your tweets and you can see theirs. But at least they don't pollute your mentions. I've temporarily muted people that I like because of some of the stuff they're posting or the way that they're being annoying 
in the comments on Twitter. You know, I'll block them or mute them for a couple days. Hashtags. These are huge on Twitter. Facebook also has them, but nobody really uses them. If some big news event is going on or some other kind of event is happening, you can follow the hashtag for that event and you'll see all the posts by anybody using that hashtag. It's a great way to follow news, especially breaking news. The problem with it is, is that not everybody who uses the hashtag is credible and you have to keep your skeptical eye open, as is always the case on the Internet. Um, hashtags are also a great way to, for example, promote your podcast. There's a great hashtag that's Potter and Family, and we'll tag our uh, podcast posts with it. And maybe other people who are into that will search that hashtag, possibly retweet us, or maybe even check our stuff out and then share our stuff because they liked it. On Twitter, there's a thing called an egg. It's, that's the image you have instead of a profile image when you first sign up for Twitter. Most people just ignore people without a picture, honestly, because usually they're idiots. But I've seen some pretty funny eggs in my time, so don't always ignore them. Just keep in mind that they're probably idiots. some trolling terms here um, and not everybody's going to agree on all these definitions of all these terms so keep in mind that this glossary is so that people understand what i'm talking about during the show it's not the be all and end all of trolling terms the first term we're going to talk about is a poe there's a thing called poe's law poe's law basically states that something ridiculous is indistinguishable from satire of that same thing um, so somebody who's a Poe might be pretending to be stupid because it's funny or might be pretending to be ridiculous because it's funny. They're trying to generally expose how stupid something is. If you'd like a good example of this, check out the Facebook page called Christians for Michelle Bachman. It is one of the most famous Poe troll pages on the Internet, and it's fucking hilarious. Shout out to you, Knox Johnson. Our next term is going to be the dirty delete. The dirty delete comes in basically two forms. The first form isn't really that annoying. Somebody, there'll be a comment thread going or whatever, and somebody just deletes the original post and the whole comment thread goes away. It can be mildly infuriating, but it's not that big a deal. And usually if this happens, for example, in a Facebook group, people will call the person out on the dirty delete. The second version of the dirty delete is much more infuriating, or at least it can be. So imagine you're in some kind of discussion or an argument or whatever in a comment thread and you start calling the person a moron or whatever you, you know, whatever your personal style is. And then I don't know, 10 minutes into it, they go in and start deleting their own comments and then people read the thread and you just look like a crazy person. This one can be a little bit infuriating, but you just got to let it go. People are going to dirty delete. It's a, uh, it's actually quite funny. I've done it myself just to see if I could piss some people off. I don't generally do it because um, I want to leave my comments up because I'm a bit of a narcissist. The next term we have is going to be a fail troll. It's almost exactly what it sounds like. It's almost like one of them self-defining things. It's either someone who fails at trolling because their routine is tired and unoriginal, or it's an attempt at at a specific troll and it just falls flat. Nobody laughs. Nobody thinks it's interesting. You don't even annoy anybody. Maybe they just tell you that you're boring and to go away. Fail trolls are kind of common on the internet. And I do think that some of the fail trolls may be po trolls. So they may be intentionally fail trolling. And then a big one is a concern troll. A concerned troll will participate in a discussion, maybe claiming that they want to be on your side of a specific issue. 
but they just are concerned about a few things. They have a few questions. They will ask possibly inane questions, possibly leading questions, and they're either not genuine in their agreement, or maybe they do agree with you and they're just, you know, kind of having the piss out of you. You know, for example, say you were a chemtrails activist. If I was going to concern troll chemtrail people, I might join a Facebook group and simply say that I would like to join their movement, but that I'm concerned with the behavior of people like Madison Star Moon and Michael Murphy. In reality, I'm not going to join their movement. I just went in there to point out how crazy Madison Star Moon and Michael J. Murphy is. The concern troll like kind of draws the people in so that they read what you have to say, I guess. Um, I don't do a lot of concern trolling. I think it's kind of tired and boring. But a lot of people do, and it's really, really easy to spot once you've been concern trolled a couple times. So that was a quick overview of some of the terms I'm going to use and some of the services that we're going to talk about in this uh, podcast. You know, feel free to email us at echoplexpod at gmail.com if you would like to add any terms to our glossary. Um, I can always update this glossary later, um, maybe record a, a second glossary, maybe record an addendum. Maybe put new glossary terms at the beginning of each episode when I when it turns out that I use uh, new glossary terms. This podcast is really going to work a lot better for me, I think, if I get some of uh, the people that are listening to this to kind of help me out and uh, give me some information, send me some examples, and uh, maybe even correct me when I've gotten some things wrong. So uh, feel free to either comment on this on the webpage or send us an email at echoplexpod at gmail.com, or you can find us on Facebook that's echoplexmedia.com, or you can find me on Twitter at plex underscore Dave. Uh, thanks for listening and uh, keep trolling. And uh, I hope I'm doing an okay job bridging that gap so that regular people understand what the fuck's going on in Trollandia.